Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Yes, God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you fill us just as we just rest in your presence. We thank you. You restore our souls. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord. Amen. He's so awesome, isn't he? Did you feel the hug? No? (laughs) Alan did. I tell you, just being in the presence of God, it's like he just wraps his arms around you and just uh, wants to do so much. More than we let them many times. Praise God. Well, um, what we're going to do is um, I'm going into a bit of a series and um, following up with um, the Lord being our shepherd. Um, he, he brings us into something, and I want us to see um, something that he was bringing us into. And it, after he rose from the dead... Um, he, he did something really important for 40 days. I want us to look at that in Acts 1, verses 1 to 3. And pull that up. It says here, in my first book, he says, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. So during the 40 days, it says here, so there was 40 days he came down to earth after he rose from the dead, and he was ministering to his apostles and to those that were his followers. And it says, during those 40 days uh, after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and, and he proved to them in many ways. Okay, so not just in a few, in many ways, that he was actually alive. Okay, so... In other words, they didn't believe the first time. How many, you know, you get frustrated yourself. You're like, well, my unbelief. I just, I. It's like he came and he did this with his apostles, the ones that walked with him, that he mentored, that he, he had to appear to them and prove to them in many ways that he was, he was actually alive. But what's the other thing that he did? So, first of all, infallible proofs. And they were supernatural proofs, right? Like he walked through walls and he peered like out of nowhere and just poof, poof. Why? Because in his glorified body, he could do that. And when we come back and rule and reign with him in our glorified bodies, they're going to try to stab you and the knife will go right through you. And <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be like an awesome sci-fi movie that's like for real. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible what it says here. It says... And he 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 did that, but then it says, the last part, and it says, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. He talked to them about the kingdom of God. So for 40 days, all he talked about was the kingdom of God. Why? Because he was bringing them into a new kingdom. The Bible says that the kingdoms of our Lord will become, or the kingdoms of this world be, will become the kingdoms of our God. And the Bible talks about Jesus having an everlasting kingdom that will never fail and will never end. See, kingdoms come and go. You know, we think, oh, you know, uh, you know, capitalism and democracy. You know what? Kingdoms have rose and fall, fallen with all those types. There's, there's also been communism. There's all kinds of been all kinds of different. And, and through generations, you know, we're even thinking, oh, we're evolving, you know, with the whole gender thing. It's like, no, there's, there's cultures before that have embraced that and imploded from it. Study it. You'll see. We seem to think, oh, you know, it's just the here and now. No, it's not. The one thing we learn from history is we don't learn from history. <laughs> that is the one thing we absolutely learn from history. But thank you, God, that he holds all of it, and he is the beginning, he is the end. And he has given us a kingdom that will not be shaken. 
Amen? We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so this kingdom, so we're going to look at this kingdom because we have to know if I, I'm not choosing to live in this kingdom. There are things I have to live by, right? I have to be a citizen of Canada, and there are things I have to abide by. But I'll tell you what. I am a citizen of a higher kingdom with greater laws and greater stability. And when this kingdom crumbles, I'll be standing because I'm standing on a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now, how do we stand on a kingdom that cannot be shaken? Well, first of all, we have to understand what is kingdom, okay? And I'm going to do a brief overview tonight. But then I'm going to probably do a breakdown of these different things uh, coming in because I, I really think we need, we need more teaching and understanding on this whole topic. Um, so first of all, the concept uh, of a kingdom was placed in the heart of every person at creation. Many have attempted to build the kingdom, base, uh, the kingdom based upon man's wisdom. There have been many types of kingdoms throughout history. And they have built, been built around characteristics that God set in place regarding the concept of kingdoms or a kingdom. So God in initially is the one that established that understanding. But man has tried to morph it into what he wants. And God's kingdom works God's way. So we have to follow it the way he wants it established. But if another thing you'll see throughout scriptures continually is we continually take it back and we try to do it on our own. And we take this part and this part, but we don't, we don't take it all. Amen? And it, it's just the way we are. But um, thank God he's patient. So with a kingdom, there's, there's a few things that are in a kingdom. There's a king or a ruler, right? Someone who is sovereign, right? Prime minister, whatever you want to call it. But someone who is sovereign, there's a territory, okay? There's a dominion or a domain, right? Um, there's a constitution which and, and bylaws, right? Uh, Daniel knows all about this. He just finished writing one up for uh, the basketball. But, um, and then there's, um, there's, let me just make sure I've got it here. There's, there's citizen, citizenry or a community of subjects. Okay, so that's part of a kingdom. Um, there's privileges and there's codes of ethics, right? When you're looking at that and you're looking at any kingdom, there is an army, right? That has to defend and uphold those things that that, that country represents. And there's a monetary system. There is a way of money and how things are, you know, exchanged back and forth, all of that is in a kingdom. Now, God has specific things that he says about the kingdom and how he wants his kingdom to work. And we, are, we need to understand that. So first of all, we, I want us to just look at what we have as a kingdom for the kingdom of God. Now, thank God we have a great king, right? Jesus. Now, you might, you know, hear of Jesus in the old or in the New Testament, you know, and we've seen him as the lamb. But, but this is what Jesus is like now. Let's go to Revelations 19. I love this. This is the picture of our king right now. And this is the way he's going to come back. Okay, he's not coming back as a lamb. Coming back as a lion. He's coming back strong. And it says here, uh, Revelations 19.11. We'll start there. Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there, and its rider was faithful and true. For he judges fairly, and he wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. It says here, a name was written on him that no one understood except himself. And he wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. Isn't this cool? 
This is what we're a part of. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod, and he will release the fierce, fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. And on his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Amen? So that's our ruler. That's the kingdom that we're a part of. And we're like, you know, why is that not happening now? Well, the Bible says that we are to walk in that authority, and we are to, he, he's made um, uh, earth his footstool, but we are to, to subdue, and we're to take that ground. We are to walk in that authority that he has given us, and we are to be his subjects and to walk in the authority that he has given us. Because he took the keys of hell, death, and the grave. He took the power of the enemy. And he didn't do it any other way than God's way. Because when, when, when Satan tempted him uh, in the wilderness, remember, when he was fasting for 40 days, and then the, the devil tempted him, we're not going to turn there, but it says he, he put him up on a high place, and he, and he said, all these kingdoms are mine, and I can give them to you right now. And he could, because man gave that over to him. When man sinned, death came in, and he gave him permission. But Jesus came, he walked sinless, and he said, I now am going to take that place, and he had to walk that out. And he had to walk it to the point of being sinless and then death on the cross. Because God said the wages of sin is death. Someone has to pay. Right? And Jesus said, I'll pay. And I will pay as a perfect lamb. And when I pay, I'm taking back those keys from jerk face who offered it to me on the mountain previously and tried to um, do it apart from God's way, because he was going to try to avoid the cross, try to avoid all of that. And Jesus was like, no, I have to go and do it the right way. I have to pay the price in full to be able to take those keys fully. But he did. And when he did, he has, the Bible says, this title has been given to him, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, name above every name. And that everything bows to that name. Amen? So that's our king. That's the kingdom we're a part of. Amen? And everyone's like, uh, you serve God? Absolutely! <laughs> I serve the king of kings and the lord of lords. Oh, yeah, whatever. You don't know what's coming. <laughs> but ready or not, here it comes. And I've got open arms for my king. Because I'll tell you what, you got to get in or get out of the way. Because ready or not, here it comes. We're going to look at this in some of these things with this kingdom. We're going to look at the angels in this kingdom because they are our army. <laughs> and this passage I'm going to read when we get there is in the New Testament. So just buckle up your seatbelts. And I'm just the messenger. If you don't like it, go to the book. I'm just quoting the book. Don't say Pastor Greg said. Pastor Greg didn't say. Pastor Greg repeated what the Bible says. I do not need any more fights out there. I, I got enough going on on my own, just from my own stupid mouth blabbing off sometimes. This one's his battle, okay? I'm reading his book. So... Second thing with the kingdom is there's a territory, there's a domain. Now, this is what Psalms 24, 1 and 2 says. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and he built it on the ocean's depths. Now, how can you say the earth is the Lord's? Because he built it. <laughs> Because he did it and you didn't. Because he's the creator, he created it, you're created. And so it's his. 
He created it. It's like I'm an artist. When I paint a painting, my painting doesn't say, oh, I'm more beautiful than you. Get away from me. <laughs> it's like, no, I created you. Right? You know, like it's just, it, it's, it's silly that people, and, and you know, what putting God on trial, you know this much compared to everything that God knows. And we, we just have to rest and know, okay, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. The world and all its people belong to him. That's why he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. There's times you're like, oh, right? Just want to deal with the situation, and that's where you can just submit it. Just say, God, what do you want me to do in the midst of this? Because sometimes he's like, duck, because he's behind you. <laughs> he deals with situations. He deals with situations. And so we need to allow him, because it's the, the earth is his and the fullness thereof. So in this kingdom... Our king owns it all. This is a biblical worldview. And this is what we have to have as believers, is we have to have an, a proper view of biblically what the Bible says is, is, is ours or belongs to our king. doesn't matter what everyone else says. I've settled. I'm not arguing with God. It's his. And I'm going to treat it like it's his. The next thing is, this kingdom has a constitution. It has an old and a new covenant. And it has laws. How many know there's lots of laws? There's lots of things. That, and I'm not going to get into all of that. But the thing that we have to understand is, it is so important that we are taking the time to understand God's ways, understand God's laws, understand this constitution of bylaws. I remember we were operating as a church, and there were some things in the constitution of bylaws when we first planted the church, and I was like, I just skimmed over them. And I made mistakes. And I had another pastor friend who is like, super nerdy and all that stuff, and he loves constitution and bylaws, and he's like, so he looks at mine, and he sees what we're doing, and he's like, uh, you, you got a few holes here you got to fix. And he helped me, and he fixed them up, but I would have just carried on, right? And a lot of times, the Bible says that my people perish for what? For a lack of knowledge, so we, we need to understand what, what is this old covenant? What is this new covenant? God, why are you, your ways? What, what are those things? In Psalms 138, 1 and 2, this is what it says. Um, it says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. So this is this is when we approach our king, when we are looking at what he has given us and what he has done, we need to understand that that he backs everything that he has said by his name and and he backs it. So there are some things that are hard to do. How many know there are some things that God asks you to do and it's like it's tough. But he backs it. He stands behind the promise. He, he, he fulfills it. He, there's security when we, when we have a constitution and bylaws. And when we have those in place, there's security. We don't realize how much security we have in our nation when it's governed by laws that keep us safe. How do we know when, when laws are broken and, and we don't feel safe? And, and we're seeing a lot of things just being side-skirted. It's like, it's like not following protocols, not following. It's just like, we'll just do our own thing. And what does it do? It creates insecurity, creates fear. And God is like, no, you don't have to fear. The only reason you fear is you don't know them. 
There was a guy, God told him to sail around the world. I remember the book I was reading. And, um, and he literally told, God had said, I want you to sail around the world. So he was up the first night, and he was like stressed out, stressed out. And the next night, he's full of fear, full of fear. And he's like, God, God, God get rid of this fear. Get, get, get rid of this fear. And, and God's like, um, get a book and start learning about sailing. <laughs> like, the fear came because of the lack of knowledge, the lack of understanding. And so let's, let's, when we approach God's word, it's like, God's. what do you want me to do? How do you want me to honor you? Teach me your ways. Show me your principles. Let me understand them. And he'll, he'll teach you how to build your life on his constitution and bylaws and his things that he has established. Treat them like that. We, we treat it like, oh, you know, pick and choose. But it's like, no, you have to take the whole thing. Right? And so it's built on that. That kingdom is, is what we have. And we have one. He backs it with his very own name and the honor of his name. And sometimes you need to rest on that. Sometimes I'm like, I've done what he told me to do, and you have to just back off, and it's like, God, okay, now your name's at stake here. And he, he, he comes through. He does. He fulfills his promises. The next thing about a kingdom is it has citizenry. I can't say that word easily. Um, it has, it's a community of subjects. So... We are a community, amen, all around the world. And it is a kingdom and, and a community and citizens that are growing and increasing every day. That is unstoppable. And in the places where it's the, high, the hardest, it's growing the fastest. Did you know the, one of the fastest places the church is growing is in Iran? Sheep among wolves. YouTube it. I dare you, watch those videos of the church in Iran. Sheep among wolves. Just Google, put that in your search bar. And there, there are some people that were tracking with people in the church in Iran. Unbelievable what God is doing in Iran. They have no money. They have no church buildings. They have no central structure. And yet it is growing, growing, growing. Why? Because God's in charge. He can make things happen. And so, in this citizenry, though, this community, let's go to Philippians 3, 20 and 21. It says, so, but we are citizens of what? Of heaven. Amen? That is ultimately where our citizenship is. There's two types of people in the world. There is the missionary, and there is the mission field. Like we are, you are either in the citizen of heaven and you're going out. Wait, no, I messed that one up. We are, we're either the missionary or we're the mission field. Yeah. It's been a long day. <laughs> so we have to know our citizenship is in heaven. This is just a temporary stop through. Okay? Don't get too comfy in your home. Don't get too gushy, gushy, gushy. I'm going to be here forever. No, you're not. The only thing that you take with you, we were talking about it this morning in our leadership meeting. Aaron and Carrie are having their first baby. It's going to be very soon. <clears throat> and the amazing thing, though, I remember having our first one. I mean, they're all special. But that first one, because it's, 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 it's an amazing miracle because you've never experienced it before, right? So, yes. <clears throat> but I remember seeing, you know, it's like you created a life, you created it with God, and this is actually something that you, it's the only thing 
that you have the potential to take to heaven with you. Because you can teach them, they can make that decision for Christ, and they will be with you forever in heaven. Everything else we got here, guys, it ain't going with us. That's, we got to kind of remember that, because sometimes we spend a lot of energy on stuff. And I, and I, I don't mind stuff. I'm thankful, but I'm not going to give my whole life for it. I'm going to serve God, and guess what? It follows me. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will what? Be added to you. So I don't make a decision. Sheila and I made a very uh, uh, firm decision from the very time we got married, 19 years old, is that we would not make a decision based on finances. We would obey God. And it has been challenged over and over and over. But we have intentionally made that choice, and we've chose to honor God and put him first because he promises that when we do that, he fills our barns full. Well, you got faith, you got that. Why? Because I've got my priorities right in that area. And we're not going to, actually, when I go to the monetary system, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But that, again, is following God's monetary laws and, and his system. And, and that brings security. Because why? The earth, earth is the Lord's. Oh, I lost my job. Well, guess what? There's another one. Or you can create one. Or he can make a bird poop money from, for you from the sky. He can do anything, right? <laughs> so it says here that we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. So the he, this is what we eagerly wait for. It's like we have a citizenship in heaven, and we know he's coming back for us. We know we're going to be changed. We know that death is going to be swallowed up in victory. Amen? This is the hope that we have. That's why it really doesn't matter. People are saying, no, you know, take your life or whatever. It's like big deal. I just get swallowed up in victory anyway. And if it ain't my time, you can't kill me. Period. Like, it's a win-win, guys. Instantly, we're with the Lord. What's the suffering part? He gives you grace to suffer if you have to suffer for him. Like, please don't. Just let it be quick. <laughs> but, but our citizenship is in heaven. And you know what it says also? This is the other thing. He's identified us, and he says in 1 Peter 2.9, it says, but you are not like that. He's talk, first of all, he's talking about the world. He says, but he says, you're not like that. You are a chosen people. You're royal priests, and you're a holy nation. That's who you are. And this is what we have to see ourselves as. We are, we are priests unto God. We are a holy nation set apart for him, governed by his kingdom, Amen? And it says here, God's very own possession. He owns us. That's why when people are like, they'll challenge certain things and they're like this and they'll belittle it and whatever and whatever and, you know, and they, they try to minimize and look at you and, and, you know, belittle, really. And it's like, you don't know who you're taking on. You're not taking on me. You're taking on the kingdom that I am standing in. I'm God's own possession. You're picking a fight with God. And it's not going to go well. It's not. But we are God's very own possession. And, it says, and as a result, you can now show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Another translation says he's called you out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. So we're actually in a kingdom of light. 
Amen? That's why we can't hide things. We need to let things be exposed. It's not a bad thing. Weaknesses, sins, it's like they are exposed in light so that God can bring healing, bring whatever restoration that he needs to bring. Because in that kingdom of light, that's where it all happens. Then in this kingdom, there's privileges and there's, there's a code of ethics. And we see this in the scriptures continually. There's all kinds of different things where it tells us how to live, how to conduct ourselves, how to conduct our speech, how to, how to, how to govern, all kinds of things. And, and we need to understand those. We need to be, be taking the time to be learning them and, and, and living in this kingdom. Not modeling after the world and looking at what they do. Just passing things by as if, you know, this is the way it is. Well, why are we doing it this way? Is this what God wants me to do? Go back to the scriptures. God has a code of ethics. He has privileges when we are living in that kingdom that are ours. We need to know them. The Bible says he rewards those that what? Diligently seek him. So in other words, oh, I just don't feel like doing that today. What's my motivation? I got to be diligent because when I diligently seek him, there's rewards. You, know, you, you, you mean God's paying you to, to, to serve him? <laughs> Call it whatever you want. Whatever motivates you, go for it. Knock yourself out. But the fact is he rewards. Amen. You know what he says about praying in your prayer closet? He says, whatever you do in secret, he will what? Reward you openly. He's going to put a show on. He's going to be like, I'm showing this one off. He's actually doing stuff, the grunt work no one wants to do. And he's in behind the scenes. He's doing all this grunt work. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to say, look at this one. And reward them openly. It's awesome. Now, and then the, the next thing about this kingdom is it has an army. And so that's our security. How many are, are thankful for the army? Well, <laughs> I'll be thankful we have an army. Right? Let's not make jokes about our army. We've got to be thankful for what we do have because all of them are working my nephews in that army. So thank you, Christopher, <laughs> for all you do. But, um, but in an army, we have an army, and it's holy angels do God's bidding in this army. And this is what one of, I mean, there's all kinds of things on this, but I took something from the New Testament. Matthew 13, we're going to start at verse 37. Jesus is giving a parable about, um, uh, it, well, well, we'll read it because I don't need to explain it. It says here, the son of man is the farmer. So is everyone there? Matthew 13, verse 37. Is, is the farmer who plants good seed. The field is the world, and the good seeds represent the people of the kingdom. Okay, so here we again, we're seeing the kingdom. We're seeing that we have to plant, that God plants seeds that we need to embrace. These, and then it says, the weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. Okay? So there's plants and there's weeds. And the enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. What should we listen and understand? Don't mess with angels. <laughs> no, that's not what we need to understand. We need to understand, let's get good seed and let's be a plant, not a weed. A weed is... Someone who listens to the devil and does what he says. That's basically what a seed is. Seed from God is a word you hear from God, and you do it, and you obey it. That word 
gets planted. Parable of the sower. He sowed the seeds on the path. Some seed fell on rocky places. Some pe- but that seed was the word of God. Right? And the, and the soil, the condition of the soil affected what, how powerful that much that seed would produce. But the seed itself is perfect. Right? The word of God is perfect. But it's the condition of the soil. But with the enemy's seeds, it produces weeds. It produces bad fruit. It's lies. It's different things that he does. And he brings destruction. And God is going to sort that out. And his angels do that, are a part of that. I'm like, I don't like that one. (laughs) It's here. Jesus spoke it. Right? There's too much hate in that one. This is what we have to understand. God is perfect love, but he is also perfect hate. He hates evil. He hates the devil. He hates what is wrong, what is evil. People have a choice. And we have a choice. And and God even said, I've put before you life and death. Choose life. We've been given freedom to choose. But once we've made a choice, we're a slave to that choice. Good or bad. But even when we've made bad choices, God provides a way of escape. Amen? There's never, ever a place where we are, he is continually, continually, continue until the Bible says death. Then, then it's for every person to stand before the judgment seat. So it's important that we make those right choices now, before we die. Amen? And we choose life. But if we choose death, that was our choice. We've been warned. We've been told. But God will deal with those things. Amen? This isn't going over well. This is the Bible. This is our God. He's not a wimp. He's firm, and he loves, but he also deals with things. And I'm thankful for that. Because in the end, it's not negotiating. We seem to think it's this, we can negotiate. It's not the ten suggestions. It's the ten commandments. And he, com- he gives us a new commandment when he left. And guess what the new commandment was? To love one another. He said the two things, loving God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself, if you do those two things, you fulfill every law. So he upped it. He's like, you got to love. you got to love like that's a command. So it's not an option. Oh, I hate you. You can't. If you're a believer, you can't. You have to forgive, or he won't forgive you. We, we have to. We were freely get forgiven. We must freely forgive. We got undeserved forgiveness, and we must give that away. Amen? That is the command. We have to love. And so this kingdom... It's what it it has, those governing uh, laws and and rules. But the last thing it it has is it has a monetary system. And I'm thankful for this because God provides for you. And and we don't know what's coming. But we know that God created manna when they needed manna. Right? And they were in the wilderness. God made their sandals not wear out when they left. You know, whoever went on that journey and put on their shoes that were uncomfortable that day we're stuck with them for 40 years it's like these stupid things are wearing out it's like 
I'm going to talk to some of them up there. It's like, were you one of the ones, you know, who wore the really uncomfortable shoes that day? You got the one that wears the high heels, right? It's like, I wanted to go out styling. Yeah, well, you're stuck in the heels for 40 years. <clears throat> but but they, he provided. He provided manna. In the early church, the early church was tremendously pers- persecuted. But it, there was continual provision that came in. You know, they, they said about, and I'll say this about angels again, because um, they, they, they've studied in the two wars that there was more angelic visitations during that time. That there, there was a heightened, uh, it just, there was more documented about that. Why? Because people were crying out to God, and they were seeking him in desperation, and angels were doing the bidding. And I believe that they will come. In, 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 but we don't need any of that now. We're way too comfortable. I can do it on my own. Like, what we have to do is we have to deliberately choose to say, God, everything I have is yours. I know I can take all control. I can do everything. But, God, I want to do what you want me to do. I submit it to you. I give it to you. And let him rule it. Let him govern it. Let him take control of it. And that's so hard to do. The Bible says we're going, we can't have two masters. Either we'll, we'll serve one and, and despise the other or vice versa. And it says you can't serve both God and money or mammon. doesn't say the devil because money gives you power. And it's either God's in power or you're in power. And that's one thing tithing does. It puts you in a spot where you have to submit to God every week. It holds you to it. Oh, I don't have to. I can just do whatever. Well, then you're a law to yourself. Like, what governs you? And God gave the, 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 the I dare you promise. If you do it, I'll, I'll open the windows of heaven. I dare you. He backs his covenant. He backs his promises. His monetary system works. Oh, I don't know. It puts your faith to the test. But he, his monetary system, when we operate in his principles, will work. It says in Philippians 4.19, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So I have a treasures in heaven account. And I always chalk, you know, when I'm doing something or I'm sowing something, it's like I'm putting something in my treasures in heaven account. The Bible says don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven. When you give to certain things and, and, and you're honoring God, you're chalking it up in your treasures in heaven account. And you can take withdrawals from there. Amen? Well, I don't know if you have, but you can. Sometimes, you know, some, you know, they've maybe done that in their Treasures of Heaven account, but they didn't get the debit card, and they haven't gone to the machine and go, do, 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 and, like, push the cash button. It's like, oh, I don't need it, I don't need it. Well, do, 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 do for, you, for, for me then. I need it. <laughs> oh, I don't need it. It's like, yes, you do need it. And if you don't need it, someone else needs it. So be the conduit. That you freely receive, freely give. God will get it to you if he can get it through you. This is where the, we get stopped up. He gets you to withhold. And the tithing is the first part of cranking the pump. It's like, I, I'm not legalistic about it. That's your starting point. It's something you, you hold you to. I give more than that. Why? Because I want to. Once you see God unlock and give through you and, and flow through you, you want to be that vessel that just keeps giving, giving, giving. And give and give. Yeah. That's the kingdom of God. That's our monetary system. It works awesome. And that is our, the kingdom that we live in. I could spend a whole year on just finances and teaching you. Two-thirds of the Bible is related or connected to finances or ties finances. Two-thirds. Think of how many things it talks about that's either governing finances, and it's, it's a major part of life. 
And God has something to say about it and the way he wants us to govern. And so it's awesome. If I can have the worship team up. Because in this kingdom, there's so much freedom when we can live in this kingdom and we know that it cannot be shaken. There are times it's a little topsy-turvy because it's weird. It's an upside-down kingdom. It doesn't make sense. Because how do you go up in the kingdom? You go down. It's weird. Humble yourself. Go down and God will lift you up. How do you receive more in the kingdom? You give more. That doesn't make any, that's not a great investment strategy. <laughs> but in, the, in God's portfolio investment stock thing, whatever you want to call it, there's great returns because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So if he says give in this area, give. I remember, I'll, I'll just use one example. We were, um, I was finishing Bible school, um, and God had spoke to me. He said, go uh, on a missions trip. I want you to finish Bible school doing a missions trip. And there were four missions trips that were going, and God tells me to go on the most expensive one, which was $2,500 at the time. And I'm a family of five going through Bible school, and we are living by faith. Okay, so it's like we're just believing for everything. And, um, and I'm sitting in the service, and my friend who is over in Russia, uh, he's, they're, they're getting ready to send him off. He's going to Russia. I have $50 in my pocket. And they're like, we want to sow an offering into, into Ken going to Russia. And God says, I want you to sow this for your missions trip. And I'm like, um, my family needs food. And he's like, so. And so I sowed it. Because what happens is sometimes we eat our seed. We just eat it. And, it's, and we've eaten the seed that was going to meet our need. And so what I did was, I did, I sowed it. And my kids didn't starve. God provided another way for the food to come in. Okay, that's one good part of the story. Um, but the better part of the story was I went for the 2500 and I began to just tell different ones. And money came in in crazy ways. A lady that knew my mom that doesn't even know me gives $500. Just sends me a check and it's like, I don't even know this lady. And, and it just came in all these random ways. I didn't even have to go out and work for it. He just... Why? Because when we, we're operating in God, he can do things his way. Am I saying go home and be a couch potato and do nothing and just, you know... No, I was doing everything I could, right? But there's times God says no. I'm going to do it this way. Just keep obeying me and doing what I told you to do. The, the most important thing is that you're honoring God with what he's given you. If I use the wisdom of God with one dollar, I'll prosper. There was a, a lady, a crazy thing I watched. I can't she had a paper clip, and she started with a paper clip. How many have heard this? She gave it away, traded it, gave it away, traded it for some bigger, 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 until she got a house. If the trades went, I don't know how many she ended up doing until she finally got a house. And then once she got the house, she, she got that, and she traded that again for someone and back to a paperclip. And she was going to start over again. Just the principle of giving in that. God's big. Amen? And so let's just, let's let him build his kingdom in us. And so how do we do that? We surrender to the king of that kingdom. And we say, God, I want to honor you. I want to I let my world be undone. And I want your world, your kingdom to be done. And so we're going to just close with just and allow the spirit of God to minister. And, and what I want us to do, um, I've got a few. Aaron, do you mind praying for people if they come up? We're actually going to... Um, 
just have some worship time at the end, but I, I, I want to also leave it open for ministry time. If you want prayer for anything in terms of, or if you just want to come and just lay things down and just like bow or just sometimes just getting out of your seat and changing your position and taking a step um, just helps you to just, you know what, God, I'm taking this step. It's not so everyone can see you. Okay? It's not about that. It's about your disposition. It's about saying, God, I want, I want you. I want more. And, and that's really the starting place for God to build his kingdom. It's you're saying, I don't want to just live in this earthly kingdom, God. I want to serve you in your kingdom. I want to seek first your kingdom, your righteousness. And you said everything else will be added to me. I want to do it your way. Maybe you need to surrender your life. Maybe you're here tonight. I don't know where everyone's at in their walk with God or if you have a walk with God. But, but Jesus is the king in this kingdom. And he says that if you will confess that he is Lord, that he is the one that conquered your sin, you come to him, you receive that forgiveness that only he can give. He becomes Lord of your life, and your life now has been purchased by his blood. It's not your life anymore. It's his life. And then you surrender it and you say, God, I want to live in this kingdom now. Some of us, you got to get rid of some of these worries, some of these cares, some of these things that you're carrying. It's not your life. You got to lay it down again. You're stressed out about this. It's like my house. I'm not worried about anything because it's all God's. I've given it to him. I'm thankful he gave me a beautiful house to live in. But you know what? Easy come, easy go. Hold on to everything loosely. Why? Because his kingdom is what I live for. And he has multiple things he can give me. When I need him, whatever comes my way. But let's just take this and just allow him to just become that king and that Lord. So if you want prayer for something, maybe you're, you're struggling. There's people that can pray with you. And just help you, even in that way. But let's just spend time in his presence to let him just speak to our hearts tonight. Because I believe he wants to just take things off of you that you've carried. And just allow his presence to fill you. Thank you, Lord. Let's just worship him. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.